I remember when my niece was really young. Um, she was old enough to be able to walk around, but not quite enough to be able to say very many words. One of the words that she liked to say was this. And so she would walk around the room, pick things up, and then bring it to the closest person and say, this? And so she saw my shoes nearby, and she picked up my shoe and offered it to me, saying, this? And it was very, it's adorable. Uh, it was a very lovely thing for her to do, for her to offer what she had, what was around her. And this concept of offering is something that we see in our second reading. In fact, we are told by St. Peter in his letter that we are called to be a priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And then we also hear in that same passage later on that we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own. And so, maybe you've heard me say this before, but you are all priests. You're part of the common baptismal priesthood. And you're called to offer spiritual sacrifices to God. And to offer them through Jesus Christ. We might wonder, well, what does that look like? Well, when we're here at Mass, the offering is taking place at the altar, where his passion, death, and resurrection is being made present to us through sacramental signs and through his ministerial priest. And the whole body of Christ, that includes all the faithful who are baptized, are to offer, along with Christ in the Eucharist, Christ within them and everything that's going on in their lives and all their friends and all their families. I remember asking some of the eighth graders during the confirmation interviews, um, about these kinds of things. and They had never heard before that they are part of the baptismal priesthood. And when I told them that every priest must offer sacrifice, I asked them what they are supposed to offer, and they had no idea. So I would kind of prompt them, and some of them would eventually get to the point where they say, ourselves? And I would say, and? And then they would come up with something else, and I would say, and? And they would come up with something else, and I would say, and? And then eventually I would have mercy on them, and I would say, you can keep listing a bunch of individual things, or you can summarize all of it with one word that starts with E and ends with thing. And they're like, everything? It's like, yes, everything. God gives us everything. We are called to give everything back to God. And we offer that in a spiritual way, in union with Christ being offered at the altar to the Heavenly Father. And in that way, we are making our offering. We are exercising our priesthood, our common priesthood of those who are baptized. But why do we do this? Like, why do we make any offering at all? Well, we're part of Christ. We're part of his mystical body. And all of Christ is to offer everything to the Father. Jesus Christ himself gave everything up on the cross. And we who are united with him by the grace of the sacraments, by baptism are called to unite with that as well. We might wonder, well, okay, but like, what's in it for us? Well, when we offer everything to God, He accepts that offering, provided it is in union with the gift of His Son, and He makes it into something else. He makes it something even greater. If we think about it, we have the offertory procession in which 
bread and wine are brought to the altar, and by the grace of God, it's transformed into Jesus Christ himself, truly present in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And so with that offertory procession, we are representing what should be happening in our hearts and minds of making everything offered to God at the altar. And just as God transforms bread and wine into Jesus Christ, what we offer God, our sorrows, our joys, everything, um, would be then blessed by God, would be enhanced by God. And ultimately, we would hope that by living a good and faithful life, we'll be with him forever in heaven. Because that should be our ultimate goal. The whole point of life here on earth is really to answer one question. Do we want to be with God forever in heaven? And if the answer is yes, we're going to live a certain way. We're going to do as he calls us to in order to be with him forever. So by being friends with him now, we can be friends with him forever in heaven. And this is what we hear about in our gospel passage. That this is Jesus' desire for all of us to be gathered together in heaven. Because he tells us, as we heard, In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If there were not, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again and take you to myself, so that where I am, you also may be. Where I am going, you know the way. So Jesus is saying this before his passion, death, and resurrection, but what he's helping us to understand is that once he's there, he's going to have this place prepared for us in heaven so that we have somewhere to be with him and the Father, and that when the time comes, he'll come back and bring us to himself, bring us to be with the Father and himself and the Holy Spirit and all the saints who are there. And we might think, okay, that sounds great, but like, how do we do that? How do we get there? Thomas asks that question, how do we know the way? And Jesus responds, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, sometimes his responses are cryptic. Like, what? What do you mean you are the way, the truth, and the life? That's how to get to heaven? You? Well, the answer is yes. So we are to become more like Jesus through our friendship with Jesus. We are to follow his example, model what he does. And what is it that he does? Well, he tells us about all of these great things that he does, how he's at service for others, how he's sharing the good news. We are called to do likewise. But most importantly, Jesus offered himself up on the cross for the salvation of all mankind, giving everything to the Heavenly Father. And we, who are all part of the baptismal priesthood, are called to do likewise. And we take everything from our experiences, we bring it with us here at the celebration of the Mass, we offer it, and then at the dismissal we take the blessings we've received and we share that with the world. And then we repeat it time and time again when we come to Mass. And this is a great gift. This is a great blessing. And this is something that we're all called to do. And we might think that there are other ways to worship our Lord. There are other ways to remember Him. But if we scan the Scriptures, if we look at what Jesus told us to do to remember Him, He says the line, Do this in memory of me. I hope that sounds familiar, because I'm going to say that in a few moments. 
as part of our celebration of the Mass, when we get to that part where we are entering into the mystery of the Last Supper, when Jesus says, do this, the this is the celebration of the Mass. So we're called to make that offering. We're called to participate. Do this in memory of me. Make this offering. Be here, be present. Offer yourselves and all that's going on in your lives. If anything's wrong, offer that to God. He'll bless it. He'll help make it better or strengthen you to endure whatever difficulty you're facing. If you're offering him your joys, he'll multiply them. Give everything to God. Make this offering. And with the offering, we can have intentions. I'm going to make this offering of everything, all that I am and all that I have, for a specific purpose or for a specific reason. So actually, at Mass... Uh, everybody has the opportunity to have two Mass intentions. One would be the exercise of your baptismal priesthood. You're making this offering for this purpose, maybe to have a fallen away child come back. And the other one would be your reception of Holy Communion. You're making this reception of communion for a particular purpose. For example, every first Friday, Jesus makes a promise that those who consecutively receive Uh, Holy Communion in reparation for um, the sins and the offenses against his sacred heart. Every first Friday when they receive Holy Communion with the intention of making reparation, then he promises if you do that for every first Friday for nine consecutive months, then he will make sure that you have uh, the grace you need to get to heaven. That at the moment of your death, you will have what you need for eternal life. That's an awesome promise that he makes. Um, and so that's his particular intention for Holy Communion. And so there are intentions that we can have in addition to the offering of everything to God. So let us consider what our intentions will be for this Mass. What you are making this offering of everything to the Lord for, and what your intention of worthily and well receiving our Lord Jesus Christ in the Most Holy Eucharist, what you're doing that for. So in this next moment of silence, let us consider those intentions as we prepare to meet our Lord in the Most Holy Eucharist.